You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. My name's Jack. Today, I'm joined by Jake. Jake, what's going on? Hi, Jack. I have not too much going on here. Um, it's You'll notice it's only me today, not Aiden. Um, he was ready to record all day, and then at the, right when we were getting started, he realized that his laptop was dead, and he left his charger at his friend's house. So, yeah, he, he was quite upset with himself, but, yeah, he won't be here today. <laughs> yeah, to, to put it into his words exactly, he, was, he watched all the games and everything and sent to the group chat, and I quote, I bottled it worse than Spurs ever have. So <laughs> he's obviously very disappointed, but he yeah. will be back on Sunday when we give a uh, reaction to the Champions League final, uh, which at the time of recording, we've just finished watching Bayern Munich play against Olympic Lyon uh, in a 3-0 victory for Bayern. So they'll be heading to the finals of the Champions League this year. Uh, but I think we can get straight into it, but we'll have to take it back to uh, the quarterfinal games today. We're just going to go through uh, each of the games and just give our opinions. Bring up, I think, Jake, you have a lot more prepared than I do. I'm just giving my opinions based off what I thought of the games. Not really any analysis, but maybe some um, insight as to like the the big picture of things for each of these clubs. And uh, we'll go from there. But yeah, it's basically just our reactions and uh, yeah, and our opinions. And then we'll go over the semifinal rounds that have also occurred. Uh, I think we'll start off with uh, PSG and Atalanta playing in the quarterfinals. Uh, PSG taking a 2-1 victory. Uh, so they knocked Atalanta out. Uh, Jake, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, obviously it was a while ago, so I kind of forget what happened exactly during the match. But um, it, was, it was good from PSG and, and from Atalanta. But... Um, at the end of the game, Atalanta just looked exhausted. They they looked really tired, but I think when you eventually when you get to this stage in the competition, especially it showed in the semifinals as well, but in the quarters also, PSG with the amount of money that they've spent and the amount of quality that they have at their disposal, although Atalanta, everybody, we all know how many goals they've scored this season. They've been incredible going forward, and they've, they've just been a really good team this season. But when you look at the individual quality, you know, if you're comparing the two squads, it's kind of uh, incomparable when you see the likes of Neymar and Mbappe uh, playing for PSG. Mar- Marquinhos, Thiago Silva still going. Marco Verratti, who didn't even play. Yeah, uh, but just the overall squad depth that they have and the quality of their players. Like we got Neymar, what a player! What a game he had, even though he missed. Yeah, his finishing uh, was off. He's but... missing all of his chance. His finishing was off, but he was he was still absolutely incredible. But yeah, when you just see it, you get to these later rounds in the Champions League, and uh, just the individual quality is sometimes what gets you through. And like you said, at Atalanta, they were leading the game. The really nice goal, the first goal by uh, Pasilic for Atalanta in the 26th minute. Um, and although although by the end of the game, there was only going to be one winner, especially when yeah. PSG got the equalizer through Marquinhos. Uh, but from, uh, what would you say, maybe like the 70th, 75th minute, maybe even earlier than that? Yeah, it was uh, all one-way traffic. 
yeah, PSG just really dominated. Um, and even Atalanta PSG, like you wouldn't really think it would be, it would be, but that was kind of a defining moment for for Thomas Tuchel and for PSG because um, they've been knocked out at uh, the quarterfinal in I don't know three three years in a row or something like that. We know they've had trouble getting past um, that stage, which is obviously obviously with the owners coming in and spending all the money that they they're made to reach a Champions League final, not to keep losing quarterfinals to lesser teams. So it kind of it was it was a huge result for PSG, which again, like I just said, you wouldn't really think it would be before just PSG Atalanta against a team with a 36 million um, euro budget, which is pretty much what PSG pay Neymar a year. But yeah, Atalanta, they did play well in the first half, but it wasn't really the Atalanta we're used to seeing. And PSG did take advantage of it. But of course, it was it was heartbreaking to see Atalanta go out in that manner after um, leading, like you said, from the 26th minute all the way till the 90th and conceding two goals in four minutes. Um, it really, really made me sad. But I guess that's what you expect with the... Uh, players at the top level that are that are this decisive in in every game yeah I agree I would say that at least for Atalanta from Atalanta's perspective when you see a club that is that well run and obviously they've got some special players that are older like like uh and Gomez and and Ilicic yeah who unfortunately he wasn't able to play um but they've got some special players but uh from a recruitment standpoint, they've got things like spot on. They have they have a style, like a great attacking style of play, and they're recruiting for players that specifically suit that system. It just makes you wonder, like you said, a low budget, what was it, 36 million budget a year? Yeah. Yeah, so that that's all that they have to work with, and they've made it to the Champions League quarterfinals. Yeah, which is nuts. makes me wonder that, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, but really when you think about it from recruitment, scouting i know it's easier said than done but the the process of really building a team to win games is is i think it's on a basic level it's very simple it's about getting the style of play recruiting getting a manager who plays that style and then recruiting for individual players to plug into each position and you will probably be successful um and in there that they just proved that with 36 million imagine if like uh, I'd like to say if Everton are doing that, maybe they'll start to do it this year. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, exactly. Or, or Man United. Best, the best example, whether we like to admit it or not, and we've said it many times on the podcast already, but like Liverpool with their scouting network and recruitment for the perfect players for Jurgen Klopp system at a you know bargain, like bargain prices for uh, a couple of their players, not all of them. But uh, yeah, for Atalanta, they should be, uh, very impressed and it also sets them up for the future i think like yeah we can easily consider them to be it's not a one-off season like next season i'm sure they'll they'll uh they'll be challenging uh in both the Serie A and they'll probably still do pretty well in the champions league and exciting times ahead for them i would say yeah and um like we said the, the 36 million pound budget that's like i think someone did a study and it was like 16th out of 22 teams in the championship so it just goes to show like how how well they're doing with such little money um and they're the kind of team that can survive off of just selling one star player every year every couple of years and just use it to rebuild the foundations um who knows like let's say Duvan Zapata let's say they get a 40 million pound bid for him i think they would sell him and they'd be able to reuse that money for two or three seasons just to rebuild with younger players and a with the without losing anything so i think like you said they're a really well run club it's just nice to see that it's not just a club that's throwing money everywhere and 
trying to, to buy its way to success, I guess. On the flip side, have you ever seen a team celebrate in a no. quarterfinals like PSG did? No, I, in my not opinion, even close. like, yes, they're a good team. What are, what are they doing? I, like, expect- I watched that I- and I'm thinking – like nobody's surprised that they've yeah, made it this. Like, they should expect to make it, it further. <laughs> oh, but this celebrations it did. I just ended up turning it off because I'm thinking. Like I know, obviously they're super happy, and yes, it was an equalizer in the 90th, and then a winner in the in the 93rd by Chupo Moting. Which Chupo Moting? He has the best agent of all time. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Go from Stoke City to PSG. Um, but the celebrations on PSG's part, in my opinion, were embarrassing. I don't know why they were like. That's what I, I mean. Think that I could kind won, of understand it, thing, but I could kind of understand it because they finally like broken their duck or whatever you want to say. But it is also embarrassing. On the other hand, like this is like a multi-billion-pound club. Like you should be getting past Atalanta easily every time. It was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. That's no disrespect to Atalanta. That's just this yeah. is what this PSG project is all about. That's originally why they brought in like Thiago Silva, like even yeah, exactly. back in the day. They don't care about league, aren't um, they? they care about the Champions League. Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about PSG uh, in their semifinal game, but I think we can move on uh, to the other uh, quarterfinal game. That was RB, Red Bull Leipzig against Atletico Madrid. Uh, Leipzig going through 2-1. to one. I, for one, said in a one-off game tournament, Atletico Madrid – are fav- like they're one of the main favorites to win the whole competition. Uh, I was very disappointed. I don't know about you, Jake. I was very disappointed with the the whole Atletico. Uh, I wasn't surprised, but just really disappointed in in how they in how they played and how they approached the game. Yeah. Uh, Leipzig, on the other hand, were really good. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I was. I don't remember, to be honest, my prediction, if I predicted Leipzig or Atletico, but the day before this game, for some reason, I was thinking Leipzig could go through, and it's not me, like, tooting my own horn, right? Because I didn't know, but no, it, was, fine. it was just, like, watching it. You could see, like, the contrast in styles. Like, Atletico Madrid, like, I've seen – I've rarely seen a team play more defensive. Maybe, may, maybe United when Mourinho was in charge against, like, Arsenal and teams like that. But I've rarely seen a team be so defensive like that and not – not adventurous or not trying to to create anything like Upa McConnell on the rare times that athletic Atletico went forward. Upa McConnell had Diego Costa in his pocket. Like he was so comfortable, man, the match performance for sure. Um, yeah. And Leipzig, every time that they go forward, they're willing to put on, you know, the, the three front players and the center mids pushing forward um, the wing backs. I mean, it's really exciting to watch them play and, I mean, just as a neutral watching this game, I was really hoping Leipzig would win because they were much more exciting, much more, like I just said, adventurous. And it was, it was a nice reward for them to win the game. But I'm, I think uh, you, I'm sure you mentioned it, but Atletico Madrid, they did, they transformed as a team when Joao Felix came in off the bench. I mean, he was the, he was pretty much the, the attacking spark that they needed for the whole game. But it, it, unfortunately, it came a bit too late for them. Yeah, that's. I was going to point that out, Joao Felix. Um... He is, I think we can say he shouldn't be at Atletico Madrid yeah, no. at all. He does not. Him and him, and him it's a big Greece. contrast. Yeah, exactly. He's brought in as a replacement for for uh, Antoine Griezmann. But, and you can see the talent that he has even when he, drawing the penalty and taking yeah. the penalty. When you watch, is just even just his awareness for drawing the penalty 
you can see him just check over his shoulder and just take that extra little touch because he knew the contact was coming. Yeah. Um, just the awareness uh, awareness of him. He's still suit. I think he's like 18. What is he, 19? 18, 19? 19, 20, yeah. Yeah, and for one of the most expensive signings of all time, there's a lot of pressure on that. And that, that that's one of the, the main reasons. I saw uh, a lot of people talking about how they're, they're frustrated with Atletico with that performance and a lot of, like, uh, hate towards Diego Simeone and I, I can understand it but at the same time I don't understand what I don't understand <laughs> so I think partially understand it uh, did people expect them to just start attacking they've never been like that like we know Simeone's they're gonna play that way I know defensive manager yeah, yeah I, it didn't surprise me at all it just disappointed me that um, that they that they didn't didn't perform and especially um, we've seen it. You've seen it under Mourinho. I've seen Everton, and I'm not comparing the Champions League level teams to that Everton team when Sam Allardyce was uh, taking good over, memories or what? Seeing some, oh, just <laughs> let's not let's not go there. I don't even want to say his name, but uh, seeing bad performances where everybody's where where the bus is well and truly parked, and it's just terrible to watch, and then you lose, which is just the worst thing. Um, and uh, that brings me on to the point of the fact that Diego Simeone is the highest paid manager in world football. And I think at this point, I think it's fair to say that he's got, he has to, we know, we, we know what to expect from him, but as, as the highest paid manager in the world, I think you have to come up with something better uh, than uh, defending for your lives and just waiting for a counterattack here and there. Yeah. Uh, how do you or at least have a plan that? B, right? Yeah, and I, I love him as a manager. I I love I love Atletico Madrid. Yes, I, I I would hate to play against them, but I would love to cheer for them. Yeah, yeah they yeah. go down under every tackle. They waste time, but uh, I can I can appreciate that how how well that they do it and just get under everybody's skin. And I like Simeone a lot, but it, you can't for a long time. I think that they they were seen as. Uh, Especially the the a couple of years ago, uh, when and especially when they were making the Champions League finals, when they were really seen as like an underdog team that is just really defensive and really fights and and yeah. works hard. But now you can't say that you've got the highest paid manager in the world. You've spent spent money on on Zhao Felix. He's one of the most expensive players of all time. They have a lot of money to spend, and it's just their their I don't know their identity of being that scrappy underdog just it doesn't really work I mean, anymore it doesn't wash, if, you, yeah. if you know what i mean yeah it's time for like a yeah, transformation so i don't know what they do there yeah they have to kind of i i'd say they have to evolve i would i would say yeah. if they're really gonna um truly truly challenge because they haven't been good in the liga this year and i really thought that in a one-off tournament champions league tournament style mm-hmm. that they could go all the way with this but i was dis- disappointed i think both of us i think aiden as well maybe we all predicted either like a nil nil and then a win on penalties for yeah, atletico or right. like a or one or a nil, one nil just yeah. a scrappy goal but um yeah but from leipzig's perspective just really really impressed nagelsmann is a great manager they're willing to uh to attack free flow play a free-flowing football and always on the front foot they've just got a lot they got some really really good players upu makano is incredible he's definitely the best young center back in the world like that was an 80 million 
dollar performance just in that game oh for I, sure. I saw it i was like this guy's incredible yeah he looked um, unreal i would yeah very very good and really impressive like rb leipzig the whole i don't think they're connected anymore but the the red bull portfolio of clubs between uh new york red bulls and mls you've got salzburg in the austrian league and then you've got leipzig but the whole production line they've got scouting and recruitment down to an absolute t yeah uh, and they should be in my opinion they should be the model that every club looks to looks to go off of uh, but they do have the advantage that they transfer from one rb like one red bull club to the yeah, other to but another, uh, yeah. what were your thoughts on yeah what were your thoughts on uh leipzig yeah i thought they were really good i mean when they when they scored the first goal, I was getting excited because obviously I knew that they weren't going to stop attacking. I said, "Oh, maybe Atletico is going to have to come out of their shell, and then Leipzig can just attack more and more." I mean, I'm just like any fan; I just want to be entertained, right? So, in a match between Leipzig and Atletico, where one's extremely defensive, another one's pretty offensive, I of course I'd want Leipzig to win just to to entertain myself. I was really happy that they they did. They played really well too. Um, and yeah, you're right. You're spot on when you said about the scouting networks and how they're connected. I mean, I don't, I don't know why, why mo- more clubs don't take their model of scouting yet because um, they buy one player and by the time that they sell that player, they have two more ready to take a spot. Like for example, um, Erling Holland, when they sold him, they already have. I don't know their names, right? I'm not gonna pretend to be smart, but when they when they sold Holland to Dortmund, they already have two players in the youth team ready to step up and take a spot and. And I think they have done um, from the stats that I saw. So it's just they're they're really smartly run, a smartly run. I almost want to say business because of how they're linked with each other. But yeah, it is, it is a I good think it network. Is. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's really impressive. It's it's uh, it's really interesting to see. Obviously, you just see the one from one club to the next. And uh, who's the striker? I think he's a Korean striker. I think he's he's the replacement for Timo Werner. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? I know his name. Huang Hee Chang. Yeah, Huang Hee Chang. There you go. From Salzburg to, to, to Leipzig. Leipzig. And you see from each club, they've got the same similar playing style, the same, I believe. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if it's the same formation. They can probably tweak it. But the same yeah, it's, player portfolio, what they're after, and transferring from one club to the next. It is the same. Um it's Salzburg, Leipzig, uh, New York Red Bulls, and they own a team in the Brazilian second division, I believe. And they all play in the same the same formation with the same system. Um, as to when there's transfers between the two that the players already know how to play the system, they'll be able to adapt easier. Um, and I think Leipzig have gone away from that slightly this season with Nagelsmann, who obviously, as we know, played three or five at the back with Hoffenheim quite often. So I... Um, and even we've seen in these games that he switched between three at the back, four in the back, depending on who has possession of the ball, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, they, they roughly follow the same model of, of, um, of play. Yeah. Really, really impressive win from them there. Um, obviously we'll discuss them a little bit more. We'll discuss the semifinal games. Uh, I'll skip past the Barcelona and Bayern one really quick. So I'd like to discuss that uh, Manchester city. Going out to Olympic Lyon, 3-1 Lyon. Uh, and I would just like to be the first person to say I am very sorry to any Lyon fans listening. I'm sure there's tons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't give them a chance. I completely underestimated the fact that the previous meetings between them 
uh, Leon have really been the team, like a bogey team for, for perhaps yeah, Man for City, City side. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you can't say that, uh, you can't say they didn't deserve to win the game. I thought they were absolutely incredible all game. Yeah. Um, and Manchester City should just buy uh, Maxwell Cornet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> He'd stop tormenting them. But yeah, like you said, um, I don't understand how City get away with, like their defending is so bad. Like all their defending. They've, <laughs> they've spent what, like 800 million pounds, British pounds in the last whatever, five years, and they still don't have a defense that could stop Leon from scoring three. Again, I don't want to disrespect uh, Leon, but, but let's be realistic here. City, their defensive is embarrassing, and I think they deserve more criticism than they get. It's not just me being a, a salty United fan because City are better, but I don't – they deserve much more criticism. I don't know if it's Pep who deserves the criticism or the players or the board for not buying competent defenders, but there's lots that need to I be fixed there. I think it's uh... – I think it's a mixture of both for this game, for this game, as much praise as Pep Guardiola gets for being a great manager. Cause he is, you, you can't, yeah, he's changed, he's that. changed the way that we've, yeah, he's changed the way that football is played in three different countries. Um, and with all the trophies that he's won and the teams that he's built now, he overthought this. He has to be criticized for this same. game. Yeah. And it goes, he overthinks yeah, in the Champions he over, Yeah, I'm not joking. If I, I truly believe that if you, Aiden, and I just chose the Manchester City 11, <laughs> just a basic 11, just a normal starting 11, just a normal one. You don't need to play around with the whole team. Yeah, We could have just chosen a team – and then we could have been beaten Olympic Leon in this game. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I'm just going to go through the lineup for see what they started with. They played a, a three four two one, playing Fernandinho, who's a thousand years old now, even though he is yeah. really good as a center back. <laughs> Eric Garcia, who's a child and has no pace and no wants pace. to leave. Thought, so why play him? And he wants to leave. Yeah. And Americ Laporte, who that was the worst game I think I've seen him play for Manchester City, with a three at the back. Then the four in midfield of Kyle Walker, uh, Gundogan, Rodri, and João Cancelo, who's just terrible. That guy's so bad. He's so bad. Not a City fan. In front of those two, you've got De Bruyne. De Bruyne, well, not a City fan, but it's it does frustrate me when you see a team this expensive and they just. And then Pep screws around with yeah. it just for no but like, overthinking who's, it. Who's their subs at the back? Like John Stones and Otamendi are the other guys that could have played. Like how garbage is that? I'm just, it just frustrates me because like if I had the, that much money, I think I would spend it smarter than that. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, e- it's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying I'd spend the money, money better because they've still won all the trophies. But – but what you said earlier is Man City get away with a lot of criticism. Um, but I do, th- I do think they have been nailed with this one, and Guardiola especially. He is great, but what, what are you doing? It's been the last couple of years. He just he gets inside of his own head and just yeah. obviously it's like revolutionized the game. But just put out a normal team. You you, know, yeah. like you have like a ninety five percent chance of winning. I thought yeah. Man City were going to go through with easily. this easily. Me too. Like if if. If he just played to City's strengths instead of worrying about how Leon would hurt them, like they would have won that game. I don't know about easily because Leon played well this uh, that game and against Bayern, but I think for sure City would have mm-hmm. gone through if he just 
if he just focused on what his own team can do, just setting up his players the way he the way he knows they can play instead of just and uh, I don't know. I keep going back to it, but like the three at the back, like there was no reason for that. Like, why is he so afraid? Like, so defensive with Fernandinho, Laporte, Garcia, Rodri, and Gundogan all on the pitch at the same time. Like, he must be terrified. He saw something I didn't, but yeah, he was. Yeah, no, I I agree. And even even the commentators, who in my opinion, most of the commentators and analysts that you see on TV never know what they're talking about most of yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Even they picked up on the fact that it was way too defensive. Like, why you need Fernandinho? Just play him in his regular. Well, they've got injuries and stuff. But why are you playing three at the back? You can just play two. You can play yeah. the the four and get your attackers forward. But Rodri. Uh, like Rodri in there, Eric Garcia. I don't know. My thing was they just – the goals were just like just play the ball over the top yeah. and it just easily works against Man City if you have some pace up front. But, yeah, um, yeah not impressed by Man City um, as they look to become one of Europe's – you have to say from a historical perspective, you can't consider them an elite club without a Champions League, in my nope. opinion, or a European trophy. Um, but the, they're still looking to chase that, and we'll see what happens with Guardiola now, because now there's, uh, I think we'll discuss this in, in maybe maybe like a week's time about some of the transfer uh, transfer rumors and stuff, with what happens with Guardiola. Uh, but from Lyon's perspective, they, they were fantastic. Their center midfield was so good in this game. Yeah, Awar. They were amazing. very, very good. Like, Awar, uh, I haven't seen much of him. I've seen that he's highly rated, but he was really, really good. Um, Toku Okambi was running all game, just causing absolute hell for the defense. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I thought Jason Denier, former Manchester City player at the back, he was fantastic as well. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. I don't want yeah, to take anything away overall, from Leon. But... No, it's, I don't think it's taking anything away because – like you, you, you saw their reactions after the game. They're celebrating because they're yeah. the underdogs, and nobody gave them a chance. I didn't give them a chance. So, no, me neither. Uh, I predicted yeah, four so, nothing, so yeah, I thought they would steamroll them three, four, five, nothing. Uh, but yeah, they were really, really good. Uh, and again, we'll discuss the the game against Bayern today as well. But the last quarterfinal that we'll discuss, the the big one. Uh, a historical game. All right, hold up. We'll we'll get to it because I'm excited for that one. But I I just want to pile on City because Aiden's not here, so someone has to do it. Um, that's true. That's fair enough. I'll give you like another minute to just say what right. Aiden would probably be thinking. No, just the fact that they've been eliminated by in the Champions League under Pep in four years. They've been eliminated by Liverpool, which is fair enough, and then they've been eliminated by Monaco, Leon, and Spurs. Like that's not. Those aren't teams that's, that that uh, city should be getting eliminated by. Uh, they should be probably walking over most of them. I mean, I'm not saying I want. They're no have... Everton. They're no yeah. Everton. Let me tell you, they're no Everton. Yeah, Everton are a class club, but um, I don't know. I just want to see people not having double standards and just obviously City have gone a lot right with the hundred point season, ninety eight points, all the trophies. But I do want to see them get criticized as well for getting eliminated by by teams that they shouldn't really be. But that's just a, a salty United fan perspective, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to move no, on. I think, I think that's – I think – yeah, I think that's just a football fan in general from a neutral perspective, especially Perfect. with the money involved in today's game. It's good to see some of these teams go out. So, uh, yeah. we'll move on. Bayern 
absolutely hammering thrashing Barcelona eight to two. Uh, what what are your initial thoughts? Because no, I I didn't see this coming. I thought Bayern would win. Did not expect an Arsenal Man United game here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, I don't want to pretend like Barcelona played well, but I swear in the first half, like they were getting him behind and they had chances. I'm not gonna. Like I just said, I'm not going to defend Barcelona anyway because the the way that they just fell apart was was kind of funny and and extremely shocking. But I don't really know. I, uh, I don't know where Barcelona goes well, from this. Like replace everyone. I, well, I I I'm trying to remember the minute that you sent me the text saying Barcelona started out really well here. I remember it was in the sixth minute, and then I was like. <laughs> I was watching six minutes and the game just barely started. I'm like, all right. And then just a couple of minutes later, the scoring yeah. opens. And from then on, just like, so yeah, seventh minute own goal. Or, no, sorry. That was for Bayern. Yeah. Oh, Muller scored in the fourth, been, I believe. It wouldn't even been the seventh minute. Thomas Muller scored in the fourth. So yeah. it could have been about two minutes in when you said, hey, they've started well here. And I was like, oh, okay. No, and then I Muller thought I said scored. that after they hit the post. Did you? I, I, I don't rem- I I remember like disagreeing at the time because okay, then it was just enough, an man. onslaught. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> eight to two. My question, my main question is, what are these Bayern Munich players eating? Like, what what are yeah. they feeding these guys? <laughs> what is going on with this press here? I've never seen anything like it. It's the most intense pressing I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and just sometimes I get annoyed when I feel like people are stupid. It's like how did the Barcelona players and manager not realize that the press was going to keep coming if they kept playing out at the back and then they kept trying to do it over and over? <laughs> I know everyone says about, you know, the Barcelona DNA is passing up in the back, but just they need some common sense. Like you can see them running at you like crazy. Just, just boot it up. Like you're causing problems for yourself for no reason. I, I'm just laughing because on uh... – on the zone, the commentator, one of the one of the oh yeah, Rob Green, Rob, Rob Green, <laughs> and he was just having an absolute night meltdown. He's having a nightmare, just complaining about how they kept passing it out of the back, and he was he was pretty much screaming for them to just kick it up to Suarez. Yeah, it was funny. Rest. But in fairness to him, it was hilarious how upset he got. But in fairness to him. What were they doing? It was so bad to watch. Yeah, he was and, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, eight, eight to two though, and um, like Suarez, Suarez uh, getting that chance for where Noir saved where he did get played through. That could have been where you sent the message. I just remember thinking like, I was uh, wrong. That's fine. That you get good. it. Yeah, yeah. No, I just had to point it out because yeah, I'm, I'm always wrong. Fair enough. I, I'm always wrong. I'll come in with hot takes and support support them, and then. Made to be look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> uh, but wh- where's where's this from? Like, what happened? Can we say what what happened? Can we figure it out right away? No, they're no good, and it just caught up to them. They're too well. Most of their players are too old to run. Like Sergio Busquets, obviously a great player. This guy could not move in this game. I remember looking. I was like, I would sub this guy off in the twentieth minute. <laughs> um, and PK, like he's been really, he's been pretty good this season. He was really good last season, but even he said post game that that if he should be the first one to go. So 
I wouldn't argue with that. Like Jordi Alba, if if you're going forward, Jordi Alba is great and he's motivated. But as soon as it's time to defend, this guy doesn't want to be on the field anymore. There's just, just lots of it. yeah. They're, they're not getting the best <laughs> of like Frankie De Jong. Nelson Semedo looked like a ghost out there. I mean, I don't. It was just collective. They're all garbage. I can't really offer um, more intelligent analysis than that. No, I agree with you. They don't I, – I don't think that the reaction to this game, I don't think anybody is overreacting. It's definitely the end of this generation for Barcelona, but it's almost as if, like, the tiki-taka style has now been, like, found out by – Yeah, uh, yeah. At, like, really, really good athletes who can press all game long and just continue to, like um, – outrun and outmuscle the opponents if you have good enough athletes i think that the the difference in levels of technical ability is probably like yeah less significant than ever before because if you have good athletes like like you said sergio biscuits that guy when you look at him not most athletic yeah that's a not great most player but guy. yeah you're not, right not athletic yeah not really really smart not physically imposing in any in any way and yeah. he's like a turtle he's the turtle and then you just get leon goretzka just steamrolling his way through that midfield like that guy just so yeah. intense in the press that's what i mean he's not the um, most technical but yeah he'll, he'll run he'll yeah or throwing, he'll do whatever you need him to do yeah and throwing like arturo vidal in a wide position that guy yeah. can't run like, <laughs> yeah what not, was that like not a good like not a really good athletic <laughs> player just not good athletes in the team uh Lionel Messi, non-existent. Uh, although he did have that one cross, not defending him because um, every single player. Yeah, every one of them were terrible. garbage. Yeah. Um, but he did have that one cross that hit the post. Where I don't know, I don't know how nobody got a touch on that because it should have just taken a touch and gone in. But mm-hmm. uh, everybody was terrible. And when you compare the the lack of pace and athleticism from Barcelona compared to Alfonso Davies. Um, on playing left back, who's just a left winger, yeah. Um, for Bayern, um, like I said, Goretzka, uh, Serge Gnabry has a lot of pace. Lewandowski's so he's got the strength up top. Um, Thomas Muller with his positional sense and intelligence and ability yeah. to read the game. They blend together Thiago, really well. Who's, yeah, just like really, really good athletes. Like really good athletes who are intense. They've got pace at the back with David Alaba. And I just think that this game really just showed the the difference in um, the the styles of football at the highest level moving forward because yeah, they for just, sure. Barcelona could not keep up with the athleticism, although they're would like um, yeah actually it might be fair to say that on paper they're a lot more technical because Bayern really are in my there now it's we can say Bayern are the best team in the world right now I don't think yeah, that's exaggerating but. Incredible, just yeah. with the combination of like pace, power, and technical ability, they've got it all, and that's what the highest level requires these days. And yep. uh, a lot of the top teams might have like two or one of those things. Like Man City have a lot of technical stuff, but um, not a ton of pace anymore. Mm-hmm. gone, and oh yeah, this is Bayern Munich without Leroy Sané. Imagine yeah. him and Alfonso Davies. Oh my gosh. The best left hand side in the world. Yeah. It just might as well sign Adam Atrore and just throw him as a right back and move Kimmich into the into the middle. But, there you go. Um 
Yeah, I, I'm still kind of lost for words for that game. 8-2, eight, eight, I never expected that. Yeah. Um, and um, But good news, Barcelona. Uh, Tenny Barca fans, you've signed ex-Everton manager Ronald Koeman, who completely destroyed Everton and will probably destroy Barcelona as well. As I read today, that one of his targets is Michael Keane. So I hope Barcelona yeah, signed Michael Keane. There's no way that's true. <laughs> I know. I it was um, up there. I don't know. I'm not saying you're making it up, but imagine. That. Oh, he should yeah. get fired right away. Oh, it's that's probably. A thing. Yeah, that that's like the least Barcelona player I've uh, you yeah, could possibly ever seen. sign. And Michael yeah. Keane. I like Michael Keane, but he's not Barcelona. I don't Barcelona quality. Although yeah. with some of the defending in in this Champions League uh, tournament, Michael Keane looks like a 60 million pound defender. Yeah, he might teach him a thing or two in the low block. Yeah, but uh, moving on, we'll move into the semifinals. Hold on, hold on. Uh, there's yeah. just there's just a lot I want to mention because I wrote it down. I was excited to get. Oh, okay. It was just like okay. how the week went. So, like before the game, Barcelona had some some COVID results where uh, Jean Claire Todibo and Samuel Mtiti they were both uh, tested positive. So it wasn't a great start to the week. Um, like we said, they lost eight two to Bayern. Which wouldn't have made a difference. No, not even close. I'm just. It wouldn't. It was a sign of things to come. Um, so like, yeah, one of the biggest losses ever in the Champions League. Um, did you see what the Bartomeu, the Barcelona president, said about Alfonso Davies or no? Uh, yeah, I did. He said that basically before Bayern Munich were interested, uh, or before Bayern approached. Um, Vancouver about signing Alfonso Davies, Bar- like Barcelona were going to, and then Barth- Bartomeu said, like, no, because he's Canadian. Yeah, like, and now how, look at him. How, like, I was so angry and I read that. I was like, how that's that just shows what's wrong with Barcelona. Like, that guy, he's so, like, what's the word? So arrogant, so pathetic. Like, what is that? Who would have made a better deal in that game, Alfonso Davies or Jordi Alba? Like, I know the answer to that. I'm sure everyone else does too. I was, I was just super angry and I read that, but it's okay. Yeah, he'll be out the door soon enough. Um, also, <laughs> Bartomeu, he also stated the players that he wants to stay, or that are like unsellable. So Messi, Griezmann, Semedo, um, you know, those guys like that which doesn't make sense to me because it just lowers value of the other players. Um, like, let's say you're trying to sell Jory Alba now and you know that he doesn't want to keep him. Obviously, you're not going to pay what you would have earlier. Um, and it lets the other clubs know that he doesn't think that they're good enough for a club like the size of Barcelona um, or for the top level anymore. So, again, I don't understand what was going on through his head there. Um, and, again, he and again, all the players know that, aside from those group of six, all the players know that the club don't really want them anymore. So are they really motivated to play for the club? I really wouldn't be. Um, and Eric Abidal, he had to sack Kike Setien, and then the next day he got sacked himself. So that just shows the way things are run. Um, and yeah, just all the expensive recruits that we talked about or that we've spoken about previously, like Coutinho and Usman Dembele and even Pjanic coming in, like that that didn't work or that I don't think that are going to work. They just like compounded like the, the years of failure at Barcelona. So there's mm-hmm. quite a bit wrong with that club at the moment, but yeah, to, they've to the got they've also got the highest they've got the highest wage bill in the world as well, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, part of that is like Messi is like ninety million a year, but yeah, <sighs> yeah. I and don't know. There are the rumors that he's gonna leave, 
I don't I don't see Messi leaving. I think he's probably just forcing yeah. the board's hand. But if yeah. Messi does leave, go play with Ronaldo. Maybe not at Juventus, maybe somewhere else, but go and play with Ronaldo. I heard he please. wants to play with Bruno Fernandez. I heard he wants to go play with um Jordan Pickford. No, that's Everton. not true. I no, don't but Messi's yeah, Messi's not leaving. I don't no. I don't see that happening. But even though it is coming from reliable journalists, but um, and also, last last thing, then we'll move on to the semifinals. Uh, Nelson Semedo should be quick sold, like on Ultimate Team, because yeah. Alfonso Davies just ended his career. Yeah, that was good to see, though. Nice to see the the Canadian with the skills. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it doesn't surprise. I don't think it surprises us as much because no, because even watching him in 16. MLS, yeah, yeah, fifteen, sixteen, like he's just sprinter in high school. So yeah, he's got the pace, and then yeah. Um, and when um just a he's an incredibly good athlete. He's just really good. <laughs> yeah, and when when uh, me, you, and Aiden, we all went to to see the Canada game in person, and we he was playing up front and off the left, so we all saw like how versatile he is, how good he is in every position. So it's not a surprise to us. But then I kind of find it mm-hmm. funny. Like I I love hearing it when even today during the Lyon game, you hear Phil Neville calling him the best left back in the world and saying oh what a talent he is um and stuff and we've known about him for like three four years it just makes me feel so good like it's it's really funny i don't know <laughs> yeah no it's 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 really good to see it's really good to see especially because there is in like anybody in canada and in the united states there is just a lot of talent here that isn't recognized mm-hmm. um but hopefully as the game gets more popular and develops in both countries and continues to um hopefully there's more opportunities from players from North America to succeed at the highest level. Um, move on now. I just wanted to throw that in there because, like, what an assist that he, yeah, he that was torched amazing. like half of Barcelona's team. Yeah. We'll move on. Uh, the semi, the first semifinal was played yesterday. Uh, Leipzig and PSG, with PSG coming out victorious three nil. Um, goals from uh, Marquinhos and Galdi Maria, Man United legend. And uh, Burnett as well. Uh, what what were your thoughts on that one? I thought PSG they when we talk about their quality, I think it just really came <laughs> through in this game. Yeah, for sure, it was a great game. And even though PSG kind of had like an easy draw, an easy run to the final, no games are really easy at this level. It was just easier than. Well, I mean, it was better than drawing Bayern and Man- Manchester City, but they still. Yeah, I, I think they still showed that. You know, they maybe possibly have turned a corner now where I know it's all different because COVID is just all one leg and, and stuff like that. But who knows, right? It, it, it is possible. They do look like more of a team this year than before um, when they collapse against Manchester United and Barcelona. Um, and I think we do need to talk about Neymar too because Neymar, he hit the post and his doing his, his Joe Bryan impression off the free kick. Um, and his, his finishing did let him down, but I mean, you could definitely see how, how good he is. Um, he's different this season, too, because he's been playing more of a free role and roam wherever he wants, where he has been able to do that before. But this season, he's been lining up as, like, a number 10. Um, and even in this match, we saw, from for the most part, Mbappe was playing off the left, and Neymar was a number 10 or a false 9. Um, so we could see that PSG are more – there was a lot of fluidity in the attack. It was It was, like, a less rigid, structured – um, shape where everyone has to stick to their positions. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see. And and just for for stats, Neymar's Champions League record. He's played fifty nine games. He's got thirty five 
goals and 24 assists. So one, one goal involvement every game, um, which is pretty, pretty insane. But I do have a question I want to ask you and Aiden, but Aiden's not here. Um, if Neymar wins, let's say PSG win the Champions League against Bayern, um, do you think Neymar's move to PSG is like justified? Do you think it's it was like a win after that, or do you still think that there's going to be a little bit of misgivings with it? I knew you were going to ask this. Yeah, I I don't. It's it's a tough one because I I would say it's he. I would still say it's probably a failure because he, didn't he move to PSG? to get out of Lionel Messi's shadow and become yeah. the best player in the world. Now, in my opinion, this is coming from uh, me being a Messi fanboy, but <laughs> my personal opinion, I don't know what he was thinking. He was never going to be better than Lionel Messi. Even now, Neymar in his prime, Messi technically passed his prime. Messi's still better. Um, but it does provide him with an opportunity now that uh, Messi and Ronaldo are both out of the Champions League for the first time uh, since, like, in a semifinal since one yeah, of them. Yeah, 2004. Uh, since both yeah. of them. Yeah, 2004 since, like, they haven't, between the two of them, haven't played in the Champions League semifinal. Now it really gives them the opportunity to uh, be the star alongside Mbappe in the, in the final against Bayern but gives them the opportunity to say, like, I, I did deliver on what I was supposed to do because we all know that's the end goal for PSG is to win the Champions League. That's what this whole project has been about. But in my, in my personal opinion, uh, based off the fact that that was supposed to be the reasoning for like, – the personal reasoning for his move is to become the best player in the world more than Messi, more than Ronaldo, um, I would say no. Uh, okay. But Neymar, like – if that answers your question, but my, yep. my opinion, Neymar is like one of the most disrespected players in the world. 100%. My opinion based off of talent alone, he's the second best only behind Messi. I think he's naturally got more talent than Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, but I do think Ronaldo, I think, I think Ronaldo's a better player and he's proved it through his career, but the talent that Neymar has, like, <laughs> like it's, it's hard to explain. You just have to watch the guy. Like, obviously, yes, he goes down every single time there's contact. He also yeah, gets kicked a thousand times a game. But he's so talented. I would hate to play against him. He's, he's waiting for you to jump in so he mm-hmm. can hit the ground. But he's got so much talent and so much, uh, like, so much natural skill that he's just incredible. I think he just gets so much disrespect. But like you said, with the assist statistics, I think over the years he's developed to play – uh, more of a, uh, a role as a team player rather than just being an individual yeah. player, just trying to dribble through everybody, although he can do that. And we saw that on a couple of occasions. He'd go through like three yeah. or four players in yeah. each of these games, but he really disrespected. I think he is one, he is very much one of the best players in the world, a special, special player. And some people don't rate him. And I like literally can't even be bothered to to argue with those people because he's so yeah. naturally like he's an incredible player you can't say otherwise but yeah for sure um and i'm like on the question i asked you i'm more in the middle because i do agree like obviously he's never gonna get out messy shadow but i kind of feel like if if he's the one who leads his team to the champions league trophy like something that they've never achieved before and I guess that was ultimately the reason that they bought him just so that he could lead them to, to heights that they've never been before. 
I guess you could kind of say the the move was worth it. I mean, I know there've been bumps along the road and he's been injured for most of their Champions League games, but I think, you know, we can say, even though he didn't score uh, yesterday, we can say that he's led them past Atalanta and uh, RB Leipzig. Um, And I think if, if he brings them, if he gives them the Champions League trophy, even reaching the final to a certain point, but if they win the Champions League final with him having a big impact, I guess you could, I guess you can't really say that it, it was a bad move on PSG's part. You could argue about Neymar all you want, right? Because maybe if he would have stayed at Barcelona with Messi and Suarez, they would have won, you know, another another one, two, three yeah, Champions League that's titles. That's kind of how I look yeah. at it as well. But, yeah, um, I don't know. Neymar's a player where I find frustrating because, not I don't like him. I think, he, obviously, he's a great player. But he just irritates me when I watch him play and it, he just falls on the floor a lot, but it is also like you said, it is to protect himself because he does get kicked all the time. So I could kind of understand. Neymar is it. the type of Neymar is the type of player that if you were playing against, you would get sent off. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah. You would get you would get sent off by stomping on his ankle. Whereas I just appreciate the fact that he's got the ability to wait until the challenge comes in and time it perfectly, and then go down, go down, yes. roll around for ten minutes. But no, that's he's it. a super special player. Uh, from Leipzig's perspective, I think it really just proves that at the end of the day, you've got the system, you've got the system, you've got the recruitment, and you've got some really good high-level quality players that are yeah, it's um, not always enough crucial to the system. But it's at, at this level, sometimes, and it's not always, because Man City case proves this, but sometimes throwing money at the – at the problems and just throwing money into the teams sometimes just works because it can give you players like Neymar. It can give you players like Kylian Mbappe who are incredible. Mbappe, when he came on, I don't think I mentioned this When He came on against Atalanta. They looked terrified. Oh, yeah. they, they looked so scared of him. And, uh, but yeah, Mbappe, just another one of super special players to, and imagine he could have, by the age of 21, he could have a Champions League and World Cup where he's been uh, one of the key players in both sides. Yeah. Not like Might as well retire. Part role. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Leipzig, as good as they are, sometimes these teams with this much money, uh, a team like PSG built specifically to win this competition, are going to have some players on another level of, Yeah. Of talent and, and quality like Neymar and Bobby, yeah, etc. Sure. And it was one of the main things, one of the things I noted down. Um, Leipzig, they've never really come up against a side this of this quality except against Bayern in the Bundesliga. Um, because as we know, Leipzig, they've only existed for 12, 11, 12 years now after they, they um, Red Bull purchased them from another club, moved them to Leipzig. Um, so yeah, they've they've never really had practice coming up against players of this level. I mean, they've played against Napoli and Borussia Dortmund and stuff like that, but never really a team of this high quality. And you could kind of see the difference um, in this match. And even even I thought they had some good moments, especially like in the first half. Um, I thought they were dangerous on the break, but they also did break with numbers. So it was like I I already mentioned this um, from their previous game, but it was still. Nice to see them playing their way against whoever they come up against, PSG or not. Um, but, of course, um, the goalkeeping in this match really let them down. Peter Galacci, he, he made two two mistakes with the ball at his feet. He gave it away both times. Um, they both resulted in the goal, even though one was disallowed for offside. Um, 
But yeah, it was just small margins like that that make a difference in the semifinal like this. Um, and even for the third goal, I think it, I think it's the last thing I have to mention about this game. But even for the last game, um, when Nordi uh, Mukiele, when he he kind of dove uh, on the ground, um, and uh, PSG stole the ball and scored, it was kind of like he didn't want to be there anymore, or like he wanted an easy way out. So I wasn't really happy with that. I wasn't thrilled with it, but. I mean, I could, I can understand them becoming demotivated against a team of the quality of PSG. You know, you don't really come back. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see Nagelsmann coming up against Tuchel because I didn't know this prior to the game, but I guess Thomas Tuchel was the one who gave Nagelsmann his first uh, managing job at 20 years old. Um, I think he put him in charge of Augsburg's U18s or U19s. Um, and so that's how kind of their relationship started. That's how Nagelsmann got into uh, management as he was injured at the time. Um, and Thomas Tuchel has still never lost to Nagelsmann, obviously with Dortmund against Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga and now PSG against uh, Leipzig. But yeah, and just the last thing I already mentioned earlier, it was nice to see, like Thomas Tuchel, it's weird how he was, he was close to probably getting sacked, in my opinion, against Atalanta. And then they turn around the last minute and they get past Leipzig and now he's he's a hero in Paris. I mean, just for making the final, I guess it's it's again, it's another example of the margins in in the game here. But it's nice to see that uh that it's possible for, for it to happen. Yeah, it, it really is fine margins at the highest level, like even uh Michele, was it who was it? Nordy Michele. Yeah with the when he just fell over and there's yeah. like no contact there and maybe in a regular game that he gets away with that but at the highest level and they're obviously going to review it um probably not the best decision but it's just little things like that um little things like that that can make the difference like when you're playing yep. against these teams and that's for sure give the ball to Neymar and Mbappe and Chupo Moting <laughs> yeah they, they will punish you those Chupo Moting the the prolific striker the stat everyone's seen where Stoke City have had a, one of their former players in the Champions League semifinals since like 2004, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's the craziest stat I've seen this year. Yeah, it's pretty like, unreal. Since 2004, that that Stoke City team, oh, like it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and they're um, in the championship now. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll move on. The last semifinal. So this game just wrapped up today. Um, Bayern and Lyon played. Bayern coming away 3-0 with a 3-0 victory. So they're going to be playing PSG in the Champions League final. Serge Gnabry with uh, two goals and Lewandowski with a header in the 88th minute to uh, to uh, continue his fine goal-scoring form. Yep. Number one striker in the world right yeah, now. Scored in every Champions League uh, game this season. That's unreal. Yeah, he's been fantastic. What did you, what did you think of the game? I mean, the first thing is I don't want to be like sensationalist or anything, but I, Leon like they could have won this game. They had a lot of chances, um, especially earlier in the first half. Memphis Depay he raced clear and he he went around Neuer, but he hit the side netting. Um, Carl Tokola Canby he had a couple chances. He hit the post on one of them. The other one was blocked uh, close to the line. Um, and Alwar he played really well. But obviously, Bayern just showed their quality. Um, yeah, the, the only thing they have to worry about in the final, I think, no, Paul, okay, let me retrace that. Not the only thing, but one of the main things they have to worry about is probably their high defensive line. Um, 
because even we saw Barcelona get behind it. We saw Lyon get behind it today. And if you give uh, Kylian Mbappe a chance to get behind your line with his pace, he's he's going to take it and there's going to be no catching him. So they have to, to be wary of that. But, of course, they have their own strengths too. Um, <clears throat> like we mentioned, uh, Goretzka, he's been pretty – he's been really good. And Gnabry in this game, he was not – Gnabry not good enough for West Brom, but good enough to – to bring Bayern to the Champions League final. Um, so that was nice to see. Two two left-footed strikes on his, his first goal when he, he kind of did a little shuffle and hit it in the top corner. It was, it was hilarious. Um, it was a great goal. And I was, I was watching the game with Aiden. And um, we saw Gnabry skip past Denier. And then Aiden just had a comment. He said, Denier can't deny anything here. And it was just – it was so true, but it was so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Aiden will be back for great commentary yeah. on the next podcast. That is the most that Aiden stuff, thing ever. That stuff's hilarious. That stuff <laughs> makes me laugh. That's that's good. That's clever. Yeah, and um, and yeah, Byron just I don't know. We know Byron had too much quality in the end for Leon, but Leon made a good go of it. What did you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I agree with you in the sense I don't think that they were going to win the game, but at least for the first like 20, 25 minutes of the game, they did really have some good quality chances and uh, did see a lot of space out wide. Like you said, Memphis is when he rounded uh, Neuer. I actually thought at first, I thought that Memphis, like it was just a terrible waste of a shot. But when you watch the replay, like Neuer had like had it covered for the most part to cut off the angle almost the entire way. I still like, obviously you still need to score there. Um, but I thought Neuer did well for the amount of space that he had to cover to kind of throw him off. Um, the the Toko can be chance. He didn't he didn't have a great game because he got played through a couple of times. Um, but yeah, they did have some. They did have quite a few opportunities early on, mm-hmm. and then it was just like Bayern decided like, oh, we actually have to yeah, it's time start to turn playing up. now. And then yeah, then they turned it on, and then it was game over. And then I thought like, wow, who is this team? And what are they on? Like seriously, what? Who is who? Who is feeding these guys? Like I don't. I've never seen a press like it before. It's like so intense, and like yeah, it's impressive. Guys surround you as soon as you get the ball, and then you lose it every single time. And like Leon, they obviously they coped with it a lot better than Barcelona. So yeah, that's um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, give give them that at least. But Barcelona were terrible. Um, but no, Bayern's just on another level. Alfonso Davies with another amazing game. And, um, the commentary on this zone was talking about how impressed they were with him. Um, yeah, I, didn't think it, I thought he was good. I, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think he, he was as good as he was against Barcelona, but still like, really, really good. Still really impressive to just break through this season. Yeah, um, especially for a converted left back. Like arguably the best left back in Europe. Yeah, exactly. And you could put him left wing, it'd still be incredible. But yep. it's the amount of space that he gets and going forward. But um, overall, also, Tiago's passing is a joke. Oh, yeah. I exactly. hope he does not go to Liverpool. I can't believe they're not paying him. He is so good to watch in his passing. Yeah, but they, they can get him for free if they just wait a little bit longer because yeah. it's in the last year of his contract. But imagine him like playing balls to like Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. I yeah. do not want to picture that. Oh, yeah. Their midfield terrible. Be I'd be happy if I was if I was a Liverpool fan. I'd be very happy with that. I'd be <laughs> terrible thinking of Michael Keane try to catch Michael yeah. Keane and Yerry Mina try to chase and Salah from a perfect pass from Thiago. Um, Bigger trying to oh, close down Thiago. 
nightmares. Oh, <laughs> oh he's. Uh, we don't mention him anymore on this podcast. Jeez. Um, but yeah, just they're they're so good, and it's just come. I they've hit new levels since the restart, and I don't know if it's to do with the their their fitness routine or something that they've gone through in lockdown. Um, I, I think it has because they just brought a new intensity that doesn't seem like any team in the world. I can't think of anybody, maybe Liverpool, who could cope with how physical they are yeah. going forward, their pace and power, along with their technical ability. I just, I don't know who can match them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a there's a better team in uh, in Europe right now. Obviously, they've made it to the final of the Champions League, so it's not. It's not a hot take or anything, but yeah, I th- like I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when under Hansi Flick they've won. At that point, they had won twenty four out of twenty five games. I think they must be at twenty nine of thirty games now. So that's an unreal record. Obviously, you're not going to find better than that. Um, and yeah, they just have so many tools that they can hurt you with. And like you even said, that's this is this is all without uh, Leroy Sané there. Um, like obviously Alfonso Davies, uh, Gnabry coming in, Perisic, who's who's done well. Um, a lot of people didn't like him at Inter. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't uh, delivering the goods for them, but he's turned up at Bayern. Lewandowski, an unreal amount of goals this season, and and yeah, like they've got. If you think of every position or team, their player must be in the top three in the world. Like Kimmich is a top three in the world, right back. Uh, Neuer, maybe not in goal, maybe top five. I'm just proving myself wrong. But anyway, their team stacked with with. No, I, I know, I know what you mean. Okay, I know yeah. what you mean. Lo- stacked with loads of talent, and there's there's not. It's not going to be easy to improve that Bayern team because everyone's playing at such a high level. They're all they're such a good team. I mean, I can't uh, I can't really think. Also, of a to, Bayern to Munich prove your team. point between the two German goalkeepers of yeah, well, to prove your point between. Uh, the German goalies Neuer and Ter Stegen. I think that, I think that, um, I think you kind of have to keep Neuer now because I don't know what Ter Stegen was doing in that. He was literally a pile yeah. against against Bayern, but yeah, um, but no, I know what you mean. They did, they are they're they're so complete and athletic and technical. It's in, it's incredible. I just don't know like. They could play any way they want. Where, like, there's, they're not stuck yeah, to one they, style because they're players. They could play however, and yeah, they'd be the best. They could play ticky. Yeah, they, they're just so complete. They could, they can do it all. They're, they're the most complete team in the world. Yeah. Um, Big fans of Bayern Munich. Yeah, I don't know how much they can get, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we can give a preview then for the final PSG and Bayern. Who? do you think is going to win this or any initial thoughts about this matchup? Um, yeah. So with Byron and PSG playing in the final. Um, yes. Yeah, so I would probably choose Bayern Munich as my winner in this match. Um, as obviously we were just raving about them, how they could play many different ways against many different teams. Um, I predicted them f- three, four weeks ago. So I want to stick with that and be proven right. Um, but it'll be an interesting final because it's two heavyweights. Um, but Bayern PSG, they're both battling to be treble winners. And yeah, it's just, uh, I'm just look, really looking forward to, to watching this game to see how the, the two attacks will go up against each other and how the defense can cope with it. Um, what are you thinking for this final? Who do you think is going to win? It's, it's tough. I think the main, the main question 
that I have is whether or not I think as a unit, Bayern Munich are a better team than PSG as as a unit, as a well oiled machine that just knows how to score and yeah, destroy agree. teams really. Um I think it's a question of whether or not do you think Neymar and Mbappe are special enough players to be able to cope with a team as strong as Bayern and between the two of them really inspire PSG to be able to win the game? Can Neymar and Mbappe create these moments uh, to cause problems for Bayern between those two? Because it's going to be, I think it's going to be those two who have, they are the ones who are going to inspire it. Are those two good enough uh, to beat this Bayern team? Because I do think Bayern is a lot better as a team but these two guys are special players. So do you think that those two are good enough to win the game between them? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I think, well, what we've seen from Neymar and Mbappe is throughout their careers, um, they're definitely special talents enough to drag their teams to victory. I mean, we've seen Neymar do it on some occasions with Barcelona, um, notably in the 6-1 against PSG uh, and for Brazil. And killing Mbappe, I mean – well, yeah, we know how good he is. Um, we've seen him score in the World Cup final, even even Monaco to some extent. Um, we've seen him bring them score a lot of goals to bring them a league on title uh, when they weren't really fancied to do it. And yeah, I mean, if if anyone's going to be able to do it against Bayern Munich, uh, it's going to be Mbappe and Neymar as a duo. Um, obviously, everyone knows how good they are, and I think they could they could cause them real damage. Um, especially Bayern's back line. They're kind of getting on. Like, Neuer, he's made an odd mistake here and there. And Jerome Boateng, he's, he's what is he, 34? Um, and he's much slower than before. So, Mbappe, they can really expose that. And, and Neymar's just, as we know, he's, he's a fantastic footballer. I mean, it's extremely hard to, to be able to pick him up and mark him out of a game. So, I think, yeah, if anyone can do it, I think those two can. Yeah, I think if you were to say, like, a yes or a no, because we do know they're, they're amazing players. If I were to ask you, yes or no, are those two going to be able to beat Bayern? Are P, like, if I say, are PSG going to beat Bayern because of those two? Do you think yes or no? Or do you think Bayern are going to win? So I'm really just asking you for a prediction at this point, actually. Yeah, I think Bayern will win. But what I'll say is if PSG would win, I would say it would be because of those two. Oh, I see. I'm he sitting on the, the fence. fence. Yeah. Oh, I sat on the fence. <laughs> I uh, no, I think I'd have to agree with you. I think that there's going to be goals in the game. I think I think it could be a high-scoring game. Um, watch it be super cagey now, just a nil-nil and on penalties. Imagine. Um, no, it'd be so bad, but especially with all the attack on display. But I think that Neymar and Bobby, they might get a couple goals between the two of them. But I think as a unit. As a unit, I think Bayern are going to be too much. However, if Neymar and Mbappe come up with something, it immediately, in my opinion, raises their their uh, their status even higher than it is right now. Um, yeah. Because this Bayern team really are that good, um, and they, to to be able to beat this unit, like they are, they're a machine. That's what Bayern are. They're a machine. Yeah. And to be able to beat them with a couple of moments of of magic, which we know they can do, um, and to lead PSG to victory would, especially in the, the context of it, the first ever Champions League trophy, um, would be absolutely. 
obviously, but it would be monumental for the for the club. Um, and it, I think it raises Neymar and Mbappe's status as like I, I don't know what to what level, but like like right up there in terms of like current ability. It, yeah. They'd be right they'd up be right there up with there. with Ronaldo, Messi. You'd kind of have to say because to be able to do that between the two of them against against Bayern would be something special. But I think that Bayern as a unit, like we said, they've their individual quality all over the field. They've got the world's best players in almost every single position, or like you said, like top five in each area. Um, Having players of that quality working perfectly in a unit um, could very much be too much. So I think, I think Bayern will win. I think they're favorites. I think they will win. Um, but if PSG do through Neymar and Mbappe, we have to give them some. We gotta give them some respect there. Not that we like PSG because we don't. And we don't. <laughs> the oil money. We don't. And yeah, the the, uh, the celebrations would be painful. I would definitely turn that off. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'd we'd have to give them some respect for beating this Bayern side because they are very good. Uh, do you want to give a score prediction, Jake, and then we'll we'll quickly wrap. Um, things I, up here. I will go two-two with Byron winning on penalties. I'm gonna go with three-two for Byron, just overnight. And I think Lewandowski is gonna get two, and Serge Gnabry is gonna get one. There you go. I don't know who's gonna and score then, for Byron, but I'm predicting Neymar and Mbappe one each, just because we were talking them then, up. And then Marquinhos is going to score two goals for PSG. Jeez. I'm just That's kidding. Ballsy. I'm kidding. Hey, you never know. He's in form right now. Um, yeah, so that's our, uh, that's our prediction for Sunday's Champions League final between Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, I think that's, that's it for us uh, this week. Follow us on Twitter at OTL Soccer Pod. Uh, send in your questions. You can send them on Twitter, or if you want to send them in by email, uh, the emails at uh, otlsoccerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, send in your questions. Eventually, we'll do an episode uh, going through them. Uh, but yeah, we should be back on uh, Sunday to give our reaction to the game. Uh, Aiden should be back. He will be back for that one. I can like 99.999% yeah. Guarantee he'll be back and he'll be, be missing firing on all cylinders. Jake may be missing that one, but Aiden will be firing on all cylinders. So uh, stay tuned and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.